And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. So what's your favorite Narnia book? Profoundly glad I'm not hosting this episode, by the way. I mean, it, I'm it's profoundly like... glad because I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> like I have nothing to offer. So what, what difference does it make? My favorite yeah. Narnia book? Um, uh, either Caspian or Dawn Treader. I go back and forth. Probably Prince Caspian. Um, that was always my favorite when I was a kid. I know that's kind of a weird choice. But... Is that who uh, Andrew Garfield would have been if he was hotter yes. as a young person? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That... that... Like, news item this week was so funny that apparently it was communicated to Andrew Garfield that he did not make, he did not get cast as Prince Caspian because he wasn't hot enough, which, I mean, Ben Barnes, pretty hot, so. Oh, I, damn it, know. I was about to ask, could you name the man who played yes, Ca- Prince Caspian? Yes, Ben Barnes, yes. I do not know this man. Um, well, he went on to be on Westworld, um, a oh, TV yeah, show I that I show. watch despite... <laughs> Not really <laughs> liking better. it for a while now. Um, I continue to watch Westworld. He's also now on um, oh God that other fantasy show with the books that all my friends like that I haven't read. Oh, Wheel of Time. No, not Wheel of Time. Not out, Witcher. Out. out no, out. not Outlander. Uh, I I do well. God, they, the a, we've had a real run on these. I'm now. Is it called Shadow and Bone? Shadow and Bone. Yes. No, it's Shadow and Bone. Uh, he's the Darkling on that. I um, don't know that I've ever heard of the show. Uh, you know, yeah, it's like I said, it's based on. Uh, oh, he was in the Punisher. I was like, why are you talking about the Punisher? Yes. <laughs> I just looked up Ben Barnes TV show. Uh, yeah, uh, he's. I like. I liked him. I think he's a perfectly good Prince Caspian. Um, the movies sure. are, those movies are just okay. Um, yeah, I don't think any of them really. I, really I think watched... my favorite Narnia book is the first one. I mean, that's you can't go wrong. It's it's a great book. I rewatched the Magician's the first Nephew. Movie. So good. It's all right. Uh, oh, oh, oh I see your bit. I see your bit that you're the first one being the magician's nephew. I won't engage with that. Um, okay, I, I, didn't rewatched... know, I didn't know who this guy was who you were talking about. I Googled him. The fourth uh-huh. picture that shows up is Andrew Garfield. I know. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Like, that literally must have just happened this week. Oh, he also has a small part in Stardust. Um, it, the, the flashbacks at the beginning to the kid. Um, cool. Stardu- you guys, Stardust? No? The... Is that the, nah. the, is the Neil Gaiman book and the movie? Oh, okay. I thought I, never I, 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 I was thinking that yeah. was the uh, the shitty David Bowie biopic from last year that nobody saw. Forgot that. Oh my happened. god, that's right. They did a David Bowie biopic. Who played Bowie? Um, I know the guys. The guy from uh, Love Sick and uh, what else is he in? He he had a he had a tiny part in um, Clouds of Sils Maria. He's like Chloe Grace Moretz's oh. boyfriend, uh, Johnny Flynn. Yeah, okay. Johnny Flynn is actually uh, respect to Johnny Flynn. He is the uh, the guy from Emma. Um, oh right, yeah. right, right. I knew Emma, there was something Emma else. 20, we've seen him. Emma twenty twenty. Yeah, a better. Well, he, he's really good. Like Lovesick is a show that I I, I I think there were three seasons of, and I really liked. It's it's one of the many shows where uh, it's good until the like will they or won't they actually get together, and then they try to yeah, fuck it up for whatever reason, and they fuck it up yeah. in the stupidest way. I'm like, this show's dumb. Like, if they ever make another episode, I'm not. Not gonna watch it anymore. <laughs> like I am out. Yeah, I think my dad loves that show. The first two yeah. seasons were really good. A lot of people like it. Fair enough. Um. Anything else you want to talk about today? 
We are winding down a corridor. <laughs> God. Literally, well, first off, I started the movie. And one problem that I have with this, things I stream on my Apple TV is, like, it always turns on the captions. Like, if I don't want them, the subtitles, like, I'll yeah, turn them and off. Yeah, and then you have, the like, two things The next time I restart something and then it comes on, right? It drives me crazy. This morning, I put on this movie. No captions. No captions at all. So, like, for the first, like, 30 seconds, the guy's monologuing. I'm like, I don't understand. This is French. What's happening? And then I was like, you, are there not? You, is this an artistic choice? You, I, you I thought it was, like, like, the days situation where they're just, like, not not subtitling at all. Yeah, and exactly. we And we decided not to tell you that just to fuck with you. <laughs> or I thought maybe for the intro, I was like, maybe the beginning section. Watched- yeah, because also he starts off very quiet. So Yeah, like, he's, like, mumbling. I watched a few minutes before I was like, I think I'm supposed to understand this. And I went, I turned on the, I went. The subtitles okay you're already on. wrong there you're yeah, not supposed say. to understand no. it <laughs> well, i think i'm supposed to know what words he's saying honestly i genuinely think this might be more understandable of a movie if you don't have words if you just, just if you it took off the subtitles it's just, just people feeling shit like words are just complicating something that's already complicated it at that is point. vibes the movie like that is the entire thing it's just like it's it's all vibes nothing but um which you know there's a lot to get out of that Looks pretty. Okay, I'll quickly do this. Hello and welcome to the oh, Great yes. Movies Pod, a retrospective film review oh. show where we watch and discuss the movies covered in Roger Ebert's middle film Mustang collection of the Great Movies on Dylan Cuellar. I'm Jana Gardner. Wow, the the energy. Well, I'm Nick Fulton. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick's the one with the espresso. Yeah, I'm, I've got I've got like a shits on a caffeine rolling through my veins. I'm ready to go. Mm. <laughs> um, today we are not completely talking about last year at Marion Bed because I don't know. It's. I mean, to be fair, we were we we all watched Memoria recently. We did, and um, we did Memoria say like is, this is a very. This is more. It's straight, more Memoria is more straightforward than this. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad 100%. you brought up Memoria actually because I was thinking about that and uh, where Seth Green's movies in general compared to this movie, mm-hmm. and like the two main differences to me is like one that movie's like sort of incomprehensible, but in a spiritual way the way all of his movies yes. sort of are whereas right. this is just like a purposeful rorschach test i feel like yeah i um, also it's much think more clinical and but the other thing is i feel like joe and his movies even if he doesn't make it uh like easy to interpret what's going on for you i feel like he knows what he means by these things right sure and I feel like yeah. I feel like Renee and um, Robe Grillet. Well, Renee especially. The stuff I was reading was like the the guy that wrote the book, the book or the movie. I forget his name. He was sort of like I have some like thoughts about like you know who X is, who A is, who M is, and Renee was just like, blah, 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 <laughs> yeah, <you> it's, guys. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, it's sort of like the Raymond Chandler, like who killed that one, that one guy in the big sleep. Is like I don't know. That's kind of how Ooh. I feel like this movie's made. Like if you were to ask them a single question, they'd be like, I don't know. Like, I'm, like the, the, the who killed the driver and how did the car end up in the ocean? The, yeah, ah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah. I think it's just a it's a like a montage of David Lynch going a no <laughs> with yeah. every question he's ever asked. No. Right, yeah. and with this, that's purposeful. Um, but I I feel like I I. It keeps me from engaging with it as much as I do with other movies that are abstract and difficult to follow, like Joe's movies or, or um, like this a is Tarko- also the big thing Tarkovsky is movie or something like that. Sure, and I think both of those, even if like what's happening is nonsensical, you said like spiritually, but also like emotionally, it's pretty easy to understand like what is happening. Mm-hmm. 
what's on screen, nothing mm-hmm. here. Like, um, and it's that's kind of weird because like this is in a quote unquote trilogy of movies with Hiroshima Monomore and Muriel or a time of no return. And Hiroshima Monomore is like one of the most completely compelling emotional and spiritual films you could ever watch. Right. And this just turns all that sort of energy off. I don't know. This movie's weird. This movie reminds me, and I almost wish it was 15 minutes like Meshes of the Afternoon. Like, yeah. just sort of like oh. throw this weird concept out and just be like, all right. It would be a great short film. Like, it would be a it really, would be really a cool much short, short film, film where this man shows up, you know, and says to this woman, I'm back after a year like we talked about. And she says, what are you talking about? And then we get these sort of images and narrations. She, was she killed? And, yeah. Was there, I, I, by the I, time the, the favorite... gunshot started, I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it, really, it really sort of – so I, obviously, as I am <clears throat> want to do with certain movies, got up this morning, made a pot of coffee. It was like 8 a.m. on a Sunday, time to put on last year at Marymount. Uh, <laughs> sure. The perfect way to my, watch it. Start my, start my day off right. Well, it is better because we almost put it on last night. So when we came back from dinner last night and – watch Macbeth instead. Matt was like, we can watch that movie you need to watch. You don't have to save it for the morning. And I was like, no, no, I'll save it for the morning. And like, thank God I did not come back like after dinner at like 8.30 after having like two glasses of wine and being like, sure, I'll watch this movie. Like, would not have been a successful uh, endeavor. So no, this morning, lots of caffeine, putting it on. And still, by the time the shooting started, I felt like I was being lulled out of like a, ah, What's happening? I wonder if maybe it would have worked better. Worked like, better. You're tired. You're Some like, vibes. A, you're a little bit buzzed. <laughs> a little tipsy. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Maybe you can come up with uh, like your subconscious brain will invent connections that. I would have been like got on its level. Maybe. Yeah, your conscious brain been, is too is too busy going like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was kind of that might have been the issue this morning. Where I was just like, but huh? Hmm? Um, but hey, great. Great gowns, beautiful gowns. Uh, oh my god, the gowns! So, so many shoes. Great. The shoes. building looks incredible. The building does look oh, incredible. Do we? The know best thing is the the grassy the grassy building? like rotunda, like yard mm-hmm. where they're standing on the the deck. Yeah. Do we know it's much pretty? about where this was filmed or this place or? I didn't see on the Wikipedia, but I'm sure it says somewhere. Um. Oh, here we go. The palaces. Oh no. The palaces of Schleswig, Schleswig, and Nymphenburg, including the Amalienburg Hunting Lodge and the Antiquarium of the Residenz, all of them in and around Munich. The the thumbnail for the Nymphenburg Palace looks like it's um, the terrace that they are out on that has the statues because it, it's showing it from like looking at the terrace uh, from far away. But that, it looks like that so that must be I'm, i would love to it's in germany apparently i would love to go there like um i i like this movie i appreciate this movie but i i am like a little bit at arm's length from it like i, yeah. I feel like on paper this yeah. is the type of thing where i'd be like i would go nuts over and hiroshima monomore is like definitely that which i watched this week oh, and shit like, and i lost my mind over it this one i i'm, I'm a little bit like more reserved in my appreciation of it but it some of the the images and especially like the view from this terrace are mm-hmm. so iconic and beautiful and the the image of like the the shrubbery with the mm-hmm. people standing and the people are casting shadows but the shrubbery isn't is just like incredible 
Yeah. I'd wondered you if I saw this. A like, shrubbery. I'd wondered if I saw this like in college or something. You know, if I, I might have like really sort of imprinted on it if I mm-hmm. saw this at some other time. Is that what happened with you, Dylan? You saw it and you sort of like really just like, because I could see just having, if I'd never seen anything like it. Um, you know, really middle school cool. Dylan thought this was the coolest oh my movie. Gosh. Well, I'm not, I don't know what I would have made of it if I tried to watch it when I was in middle school. That, that may not have been the right time for me either, but uh, could have been high school. I don't, I don't really know, yeah. but it's a while ago, yeah. Um, so the, I'll, I'll just give out the general premise. Mm-hmm. This is uh, you can do the whole, daunting. the whole plot because like well it's the whole plot is nothing three things happen and and then like two of those things maybe didn't happen (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you you can tell us which things happen and which things didn't and where and when they happened that would be great no absolutely not um so the general idea is there's mainly three people that are hanging out at a chateau sort of thing and um One's named X, one's named A, and one's named M. Who we Not don't actually... Yeah, we don't even get those names in the movie. Those no. are just like the popular names people use about those characters. Um, X is a dude who thinks he's supposed to meet a woman named A. And uh, they confess their love for each other. And now they're going to meet up and like act on that love. And she's married to a dude named M, who is wearing the biggest cheekbones I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's my favorite part he's dope if you look up gaunt in the dictionary it's just a picture yeah. of him i so i will say i made a comment this morning before matt left to go to work when i was watching it and i was like i think these two guys look too similar like this is going to be a problem for me and matt goes what are you talking about that one guy has the cheekbones <laughs> i was yeah. like okay i guess that's fair if i just focus on the cheekbones then then you're not going to be confused he looks um, like a vampire he does look like a vampire. he does yeah. like a hundred percent um and like, yeah, no, she no dis- has a no disrespect, and I pre- presumably uh, R.I.P. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll look it up. Otherwise, he is a vampire. Like I was gonna say, yeah. If not R.I.P., then maybe you're onto something. Let's okay. This hold movie, on. by Let the way, see. is almost exactly sixty years old. Sixty-one, sixty-two years old. His name is Sasha Pityov. Oh yeah, he uh, he passed away thirty-two years ago at the age of seventy. <laughs> So my instincts were correct. Oh <laughs> he could be a hundred and two years old, I suppose. Out there rocking and rolling. I would be scared if he was a hundred and two years old. I would really looking like that. Vampire. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she has a husband named M, and uh, he's weird and kind of demure and deme- uh, and, uh watchful. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he plays a game where they put a bunch of sticks down and they pick up sticks mm-hmm. until s- someone runs out of sticks. It's called Nim. Nim. Yes. Sure. I, I was so one thing that bothers me about this movie um, is that I spend too much time wanting to see closer their games of Nim and figure out why nobody else can beat him because it's not like he has any advantage. They like, also start mid games and stuff. He, he loses. Be, yeah. He he wins going first and going second. So it, it seems just like the other people are making don't know clear, how to. Yeah, are making yeah. clear fuck ups. Because it should be like tic tac toe, where if you know what you're doing, if you go first, you win. Basically, right. like that. Yeah. Have you? 
I mean, did you have you ever seen this game before, Dylan, or variations of it? I'm pretty sure I played variations of this, like in math classes or whatever, when I was mm-hmm. in school with like matchsticks, where yeah, you put down a certain number of sticks, and the goal is either to pick up the last stick or not pick up the last stick, and you like evens or odds, and there's all kinds of mathematical. Like, there's a way to just play it that is mathematically correct if you know what you're doing. Sure, but I don't. If I ever knew, I do not know now what that is. <laughs> Um, so that happens. Sorry, Nim digression. That's like the and, most uh, information we're going to have about anything mm-hmm. in this movie is that. Then there's questions of whether X actually saw an A, if she got murdered, um, if she rejected him and got raped, if things happened. Or if they didn't ever meet. If they never met, if they had yeah, conversations, if they didn't have conversations, um, if she took off her shoes, if she didn't take off her shoes, there's just a lot of big things up for debate. <laughs> I mean, it is hard to walk on gravel in high heels, so that story <laughs> tracks if any of that happened. Um, yeah, I do so think I, there was... There's one, I, this is like, I guess, bringing um, like metatextual elements into it but um regarding the theory that she was raped so the original script actually did have uh, a rape scene in it where do you know do you remember the scene it's like towards the end where it cuts to i was just about to read that okay yeah it it cuts to her in like the feathery thing and it's like zooming in over and over again and she's like putting arms out like a hug one of the like weirdest most like disorienting things mm-hmm. i've seen on screen in a long time it was out of a horror movie yeah that scene yeah like it's hard for anyone who most people who might be listening to this that haven't seen it like yeah it's she's looking at the camera her hands are held out like she's gonna embrace whoever's coming towards her and it just sort of zooms in closer and closer and it keeps flashing back and her facial expression like changes a little bit and mm-hmm. sometimes she looks like she's smiling and sometimes she looks like she's terrified um yeah i i, I yeah that was unsettling <laughs> yeah so the the original script that was supposed to be um a, a scene where x raped a renee didn't like that he um in part because thank you yeah in part be, mm-hmm. w- because one he appreciate you renee <laughs> yeah he didn't like uh violence in movies so he took it out for that reason which uh yeah great yeah and and then the other reason more thematically is that he thought it would um make the movie less ambiguous and it would like yeah if you show that that's the thing if you show that i'm assuming that happened and that that's Mm, what we're dealing with here yeah yeah so the only thing you show with it to take it out yeah yeah i think if the only thing you show with any clarity in your movie is a violent rape scene like yeah you're gonna be like well that's i don't know yeah i'm I don't know at that point. And I, yes. I might be out. I feel like I don't know that I've seen anything else that was written by um, his, his co-screenwriter or screenwriter in this, uh, Aline Grobe-Grier, who uh, I think worked with um, Godard a lot. Mm. But I know or I have read that uh, he had a sort of a bent for having violence towards women in his movies. And Renee did not really like that. So um, I I feel like Renee's sensibilities are what keep me engaged, and maybe <laughs> yeah. the other guy's sensibilities are what keep me sort of at arm's length from fully like loving this mm-hmm. movie the way I did Hersham and Monomore. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, glad he took that out, and uh, 
that that the scene that they replaced it with is weird and a little bit unsettling, but I think it's much less unsettling than it's, the and it's much more in line with the rest of the movie. Where yeah, it's just kind of like because the other scene that happens, I think it's not too long before then. That's kind of a similar vibe is when they're talking. I think in the bar. And it keeps flashing to the scene of her like standing alone in mm-hmm. the white room, and then it flashes. It's just like, and it, like the flashes get like faster and faster, and it's just like going back and forth, and it's just like, Ugh! like just again taking you off balance, and then, and then it eventually transitions to that other scene, and I'm just like, okay, I'm sure I was supposed to take away something from that, but uh... yeah, that, the editing of that sort of reminded me of um, the the shower sequence from Psycho. Almost. Yeah, it's just like these violent cuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Janet did bring up that this movie did have Oscar talk. Did have Oscar talk. So this movie didn't get nominated for best foreign film the year it came out, even though it was France's submission. Mm -hmm. Um, the next year when it got released in America, it did get a best screenplay nomination. Best original screenplay Oscar nominee. Weird. Cool. I yeah. d- don't know why. Why would you pick screenplay for this movie? I I think, and I think I said this to you before we were recording. It to me feels like people found it confusing, and therefore we're like, this must be brilliant. Mm-hmm. So we're going to nominate that, it because I can't explain it. So therefore, it's smart. The the group of movies that year is wild, right? Yes, an Italian movie won. This was nominated. A Bergman movie was nominated, and then uh, yes. That Touch of Mink, which I've heard of but never seen, and Freud, The Secret Passion, which I've never heard of but was written by Charlie Kaufman. Charles Kaufman is any relation? Is that the same? Maybe he's the vampire. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, that I was another thing we were talking about uh, before recording. It's like this is just a good reminder that, like, back in the 60s, the Oscars were much more like, hmm, European movies. Mm -hmm. Like, Cultural, sophisticated. Um, yeah, because that group of nominees is crazy. Yeah, that's wild. The foreign language films that were nominated over uh, last year at Marion Bad, Through a Glass Darkly, which again showed up in the next year's Oscars. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Harry and the Butler, Immortal Love, The Important Man, and Placido. Yep. Which, um, interesting. I, I, I think this is more interesting. I'm going to read out. The entire, just really quickly, the 60s submissions for France. Okay. Uh, La Verite, Last Year at Marion Bad, Sundays and Sybil, The Fire Within, Umbrellas at Cherbourg, yeah. Pierre Le Fou, yeah. A Man and a Woman, Vivre Sa Vie, mm-hmm. Stolen Kisses, My Night at Maud, mm. Hoa Bin. So all the ones that I made noises to were the ones that I've heard of. Yeah. So that was, I think, four. <laughs> I did a lot of great podcasting, emphatic nodding for the ones that I'm familiar with. Um, which there is, was yeah, a combination of ones that, like, those are some of the most famous foreign language film movies ever made, and other ones that mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a movie. Yeah. Two of them won. Can you guess which two won? I'm pretty sure it's not My Night at Mods. Nope. I feel like I would remember that because I, uh, I really love that movie. <laughs> Sherborg? Nope. Damn. Uh, oh, that yeah, I was like, I knew there was one where I felt like should have been a lock. Uh, Viva Savi? Nope. Is it two, <laughs> two that I haven't heard of? 
Sundays and Sybil and a man and a woman, which I've heard of a man and a woman. I've heard of a man and a woman, yeah. But uh, Sundays and Sybil, a movie by director Serge Bourguillon. Sure. Sure. Oscar winner, Serge. (laughs) (laughs) Give me bean. (laughs) Oh, Man and a Woman stars uh, Anouk Amy and Jean-Louis Trintignant. I, I think that's why I've heard of it. I think Hot. I was looking into Anukami and and saw that. I wouldn't remember a title as generic as. Oh my god! Get out Tristan of town, Young please. is still alive. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, he's old. He uh, should have gotten nominated for uh, a more. I was thinking about this. I was getting mad about mm. him not getting a nomination. Looking into Reba's uh, still alive, isn't she? No, she passed away a few years ago. Aww. Oh damn! I'm still so mad Jennifer Lawrence beat her in the Oscars that year. Yep. That was stupid. I have not and will never see a more, so I will have to take your word for it. It's a really good movie. Seems like I totally a understand. Bummer. Yeah, no, I I opted out of of that one. Um, it's very good. So good at it. Do though. respect to Hanukkah. Yeah, they're both great in it. She gives, I think, sort of a more Oscar-y type sure. performance. I guess the sort of thing that they go for. Uh, he's he's. I mean, the movie, I think, hinges on him, though. He really should have gotten a nomination, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Weird. Uh, <laughs> France put out, like, the most amazing lineup, almost, of foreign language films in uh, the 60s. Yeah. What become- Truffaut, what- Romer, Godard, Maul, and René, and Clouzot, all nominated that, that decade. None of them won. What, what beat Umbrellas of Cherbourg? Umbrellas of Cherbourg was beaten by I'm pulling it up. Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. The yeah, Deseka film. Oh, all right. Uh, also nominated that year, Woman, Woman in, the, in Dunes. the Dunes. The movie will be uh, watching that at some point. Um, I will say, Last Year in Marion Bad was not nominated. The Fire Within, Louise Maul's film, was not nominated. And Pierre Le Fou, the Godard film, was not nominated in each of their respective years forward film it's a it's a weird category oh those were the the, the ones you'd listed were their submissions not ones that had been nominated <clears throat> yes those are the submissions put forward yeah gotcha i'm so purely food's like a very popular movie maybe it maybe that reputation's grown over time but i'm surprised that, that didn't get I, I think that's in like the top 50 on the sight and sound list yeah did you see that apparently last year at marion bad i was looking at the sight and sound came in 102nd on the critics poll and 91st in the director's poll so not bad um cool but no no votes from anyone i've heard of 16 critics seven directors um but no one that i am where did did, can you see where hiroshima monomore was yeah i'll look that up i'm looking at the uh just to see if i recognize any of these names for marion bad and oh boy i do not (laughs) okay see that's not just me being (laughs) like i don't know No. All right. Hiroshima. Yeah, I, it's just like a lot of, a lot of Googling on uh, this year podcast. Yeah. Let's... I mean, I think we've talked about the movie. Oh, wow. It's a lot lower. Uh, 127th on the critics poll, 174th. Mistake. That's ridiculous. That's... But, but, oh, um, oh, some names that I recognize. But I say two of the directors who voted for it are Roy Anderson and Joachim Trier. So... Those both make a lot of sense, given what Hiroshima yeah. is like. So that is, is that in, in in an Ebert book later? 
Uh, I don't God, know. I hope so. I don't recognize any of these critics, though. Maybe that's uh, I like never fault of mine. Yeah, I recognize like three of the critics who voted for it. Yeah. For, for like these, not this specific movie. I don't recognize yeah, yeah, any yeah. of these names. Exactly. No, the ones who yeah, actually just in general pop up. Um, I'm looking to see if Hiroshima ends up somewhere. Uh, it is not in any of his books. That's a mistake, Raj. Raj, you blundered. Um, anyway, so it's one interesting thing I wanted to talk about with the movie. Hi, Jana, what were you doing? <laughs> Grabbing my book. I had left my Ebert book away, so. Because I was looking at, okay, well, we've been going for 30 minutes. We're almost done with the yep. podcast. <laughs> I should make sure I have my Ebert book ready. P- no, I actually yeah, have a, a... on the critics list is 43. Jesus Christ. It's a good movie. I don't think it's quite that it's good. It's my but... favorite Godard. I don't think it's even my favorite Godard. Um, but I'm surprised it's that high. I'm surprised he has any that high because he has so many and people are like very split on what yes, the best that's Godard true. is. Is that I feel like people like him and Bergman split votes. So it's surprising that he has like Breathless up in the top 20 and that Bergman has um, Persona as high as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so something I wanted to talk about with this movie though is it is on a list of the 50 worst movies ever made. Which I guess was a really famous list by in this the, dude named in the Medved, Medved in the Medved, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and Dreyfus. Yeah. Um, I uh, the criteria is the book intentionally excludes silent films because the authors considered them to be a separate and unique art form, and that judging them alongside talkies would be like weighing apples with oranges. Whatever, man. Sure. <laughs> And it also limits foreign films to those only distributed in the U.S. Okay, I'm going to list the top seven. I mean, most of the list is movies that time is forgotten. Um, but they have some on here that are just really funny to think about. Uh, I am ordered these by average rating on Letterboxd. They include Last Year at Marion Bad, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, Eisenstein's Ivan the Terrible, the Omen, Zabriskie's Point, The Last Movie, Valley of the Dolls, D.W. Griffith's Abraham Lincoln, At Long Last Love, and that's kind of all the main ones, I would say. They do have a Godzilla movie on here. It's Godzilla vs. Hedera, or The Smog Monster, which is one of the best ones. Oh. Um, I don't know. This is a weird list. Did you guys see this list? I'm looking I, at it right now, and, uh, you know, they've got a Hitchcock on here. Which, oh, yeah, they have Jamaica Inn, which, yeah. which I haven't is kind of handedly the worst one yeah, I've I, seen. I haven't seen that one, but I feel like uh, I'd be surprised if I found it to be one of the worst, 50 worst <laughs> movies. <Yeah. laughs> uh, I, the second worst by, so uh, sorting it by average ratings, though, is uh, John Wayne's uh, Genghis Khan movie, The Conqueror. Sure. Which will always oh. make me laugh that he played Genghis Khan. Yeah. How would, how did the Omen make it onto this list? What are they talking about? What a weird one. Like, I don't think right. there was any, like, massive backlash to that movie, but also not, like, the a massive amount of praise you could be like, right. nah, this movie's the worst. It was just like, everyone was like, it's 
scary movie is pretty good. It was, and it's the most recent. It's interesting that it's the most recent one when this was published. So it's kind of like they just saw the omen. They were like, we got to, we got to make a list just for the omen. Yeah, we saw the omen. We didn't like it. Like, I just (laughs) good for you. Oh, they also have a Jerry Lewis movie on here called Three on a Couch. That's supposedly pretty good. These guys seem seem like a couple fucking dorks. Like, also, like, <laughs> Airport 1975? Okay. Like, who, you know, it's just, yeah. Anytime you're picking. I don't think anyone likes Airport 1975, but does whatever. anyone it's hate like a, Airport 1975? Right. When you're, when you're picking those movies, you're just like, okay, it's a, it's a genre movie, like, that you didn't like. So, okay. Okay. Looking at my ratings from friends on Airport 1975, the range is from two stars to three and a half stars. Yeah. It's, I like, think it's, it's just a like, it's, it's a movie, I guess. Action thriller. Yeah. It's a. This is um, a weird list. This it's, is so weird. I will say, I mean, there's some weird picks in general, but last year Marianne Bod really seems to stand out. It's just like, what are you doing here? Like, I, okay, I'll, I'll, I should I should have finished the um this thing. They're uh oh crap! I didn't copy this down. It said something like they wanted to include foreign films that were like high on their own. Supply. Oh, oh! I see. And this, I think that was specifically about, last year. It's about bringing about. them down a notch. This is yeah. really sure. about. Uh, okay. You, you know what movie needed to be themselves. brought down a notch? The Omen. Right. I was going to say I want to watch this 1964 <laughs> movie, The Horror of Party Beach. That sounds good. It's a dope name. And it and it's it's a 1964 like horror movie take on those like beach party musicals. No, like, it sounds Nets, great. Nichello. I was like, that sounds awesome. It's a um, beach it, that makes you have a horror party. Exactly. <laughs> It's the beach that makes you attacked by monsters. It There's says, a movie on here that doesn't have a Wikipedia page called Dondi. Oh, okay. Uh, it is what? also... Sorry, one more thing. Uh, apparently, this this horror at Party Beach, terrible. Uh, Leonard Malton gave it his bomb, his like zero star rating and everything. But Severn put out a Blu-ray in 2018. So maybe <laughs> I will look they, into that's the what horror they do. at Party Beach. I know. I was like, but I'm intrigued now. All right. So um, I continue. Even though Dondi didn't have a Wikipedia page, there's still two films that have been seen less than it on Letterboxd. Daughter of the Jungle has been seen by four people, and Twilight on the Rio Grande has been seen by ten people. Good lord. Now, these movies need to be brought down a peg because... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and Twilight on the Rio Grande is like a Gene Autry movie. Okay, yeah. I mean, this is all like... I think we all appreciate, like, a really good takedown, a really good pan, someone who really comes hard for some, like, piece of shit movie that deserves it. But, like, this to me is just, like, razzy stuff where it's, like, what is the actual, right? Like, this is just, like. Why do you you care about this movie? Right. Why? Right. Yeah. The Laurel and Hardy movie, The Big Noise? Sure. You went through all the effort to publish uh, entire book about how. Yeah. I don't think Laurel and Hardy has made the best movies, but, like. Why? Why them? Yeah. It's 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 a fascinating list. There's a movie on here called Che. Mm-hmm. With um, an exclamation point. With an exclamation point. Makes it sound like a musical. Um, che. I know. <laughs> is that che. how? That's not how uh, Soderbergh's is stylized, right? No. No, but I was che. bringing up. Okay. There's also a movie um, called this is Iga. A, oh, by the way, sorry. And... Che, che stars Omar Sharif as Che. Sure. Just uh Put that out there. Why not? You know, we thought Javier Bardem as a Cuban was a little weird. But... <laughs> I'm sorry. For really, uh, look, it could always be worse. Important to remember. 
There is a movie on here called Ega. Mm-hmm. Not not just Ega about the a... Fly movie, which fucking rules. That... <laughs> no, uh, like a, a giant prehistoric caveman. There's a lot of monster movies on here. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a couple of these, but uh, I'm offended. Um, did you see the one movie on here called The Terror of Tiny Town, which may be the <laughs> movie that deserves to be on this no, list? No, I don't think so. The Terror of Tiny Town is a 1938 American Western film produced by Jed Buell, directed by Sam Newfield, and starring Billy Curtis. It is the world's only musical Western with an all-little person cast. <laughs> they they describe it as an all-dwarf cast. You know, I did I some think editing that's... on that one. Um, I just like that it's the world's only musical Western with a cast entirely made up of little people, which, like... <laughs> okay what it's like fun fact qualifiers like <laughs> right. this guy right. you know uh yeah bats 350 on tuesdays when yeah, Vla- over Vla- 70 yeah vlad jr just hit the most doubles uh only in night games that happen on a wednesday after a, a weekend four game yeah, series it, exactly i'm yeah. pretty sure that movie comes up on the screen drafts western pod where they were doing they were doing a trivia and that was one of oh, the oh that hmm. makes sense that would that would make sense for it to come up there um, oh, by the way, there's another movie on this list. I just I love that this is now a this a podcast about this book. Um, there's another movie on this list called Boy. Did I get Boy? A wrong did I get number. that number wrong? <laughs> also with an exclamation point, uh, starring Bob Hope, which appears to be like a, a party line, you know, pillow talk, whatever the you know the one of those movies of the day that were about like oh you got a wrong connection on the phone and hijinks ensue. It's a great title. Right? It is a really Boy, good title. Boy, did I get a wrong number. Have you guys read the book Jonathan Livingston Siegel? No. no. Okay, that was a book that uh, like my dad read to me as a kid that I was really into and I've never touched it since. But they made a movie about it and it shows up on this list. Oh, you guys need to look at screenshots or like video clips of this movie. It's literally a it's... movie about a seagull who just wants to fly quickly? Yes. Is it animated? And... Nope. It's all documentary footage with really weird voiceovers of each. Like, there's just a bird flying around. Its mouth isn't moving. It's just like, my name's Jonathan Livingston Siegel. <laughs> and he's banished from the flock by the he elder is banished from the flock. voiced by Hal Holbrook. Sounds so. rad. <laughs> yeah. This movie sounds so fucking good. I added it to my watch list so quickly. During production, director Hal Bartlett was quoted as saying, I was born to make this movie. <laughs> So, uh, you know the, what? The, e- Ebert gave it uh, one star, confessed that he considered, or no, confessed that he had walked out of the screening after 45 minutes, making it one of only four films he walked out of. Uh, oh, what are the other ones? Caligula, The Statue, and True Loved? Yes. <laughs> so, a da- Caligula, which I think people are familiar with, The Statue, a David Niven movie? Yeah. Sure, the, the it's good. Why would you? Why would you walk little, out of a movie with Divin? A little scandalous. True Wait. Love is a t- 2008 movie, and it based on the poster it looks like that uh, kind of schlocky indie drama you know, from that era. I don't know that that's true at all. It looks like it looks like um like Crazy Beautiful or something. <laughs> you know, you know, remember Crazy Beautiful? Yeah, yeah. It, it just kind of has that same like I don't know. We're young, but we're troubled. Uh, I was I oh, was thinking sure. it, it kind of looks like um, uh, what what's the Shannon Sossaman movie? 
This is ju- strictly based on the poster. The Shannon Sossaman movie I'm with the kid Dawson from Dawson's Creek. As a, oh, I, I was going to say, I hope you're not referring to um, that movie as a Shannon Sossaman movie. One of the worst movies I ever saw in theaters. Um, I own the book. I'm trying to rack my brain. It's a Brett Easton Ellis book, which at the time I didn't know better. Um, Rules of Attraction. Thank you. I was yeah. going to say Rules of Engagement, which is different. Yeah, mm, Rules that's, of Attraction. That's, um, that, was, that was what jumped into my mind when I saw the poster for this. Totally yeah. a fair way to criticize a movie that I, I have never heard of until just now. I took all my uh, a bunch of friends in college. I had read the Rules of Attraction book, thought it was like super cool and had a lot to say about like young people and society. And then we went and saw the movie and it's so bad. Um, Dawson's Creek Dawson's Creek Jesus Christ James Vanderbeek plays um, <laughs> a character something Bateman you can, who's, you can cano- call him Creek. who's canonically yeah. who's canonically uh, Patrick Bateman's younger brother it's, oh, it's sure. set in the same universe oh, as American Psycho um, stop the American Psycho cinematic universe exactly um, anyway if you would like to hear the, the one the first line summary of True Loved which sounds like a parody of a indie movie 16-year-old True has been raised in San Francisco by two lesbian mothers and two gay fathers. When one of her mothers gets a well-paid job in a multicultural but more conservative suburb in Southern California, True and her mothers relocate. So then she, like, presumably, like, moves I cannot to find this movie. County. Can you guys send me a It's True Wikipedia. spelled without an E. Yeah, it's T-R-U. Oh, okay. Love. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah. Jane Lynch is in it. Jane okay, Lynch gotcha. Jane sure is. No one I follow has seen it. I don't think that anyone has seen it. You guys this. don't follow enough people. <laughs> well, we, we've been over this, that uh, yeah. I like to keep my litter box neat and tidy, and you yeah. live in the chaos. Um, I don't know. Okay, to... no one I have followed has seen it. That's, that's oh, God, that, that's yeah. really tough. <laughs> I follow like 600 people. That's too many people. See, I only follow people like mostly whose opinions I respect, and then I have a handful of people Same. Whose, whose opinions I tr- I really enjoy seeing, even if I that's true. Uh, don't agree with them I, uh, for like silly reasons. Yeah, I I basically follow people I know, professional critics, and mm-hmm. then if someone follows me and they don't look like a crazy person, I follow them back. <laughs> that's yeah. essentially my letterbox strategy. Yeah, there are a few. There are a few. To- like there are a few. To- People. Yeah, there are a few total goofballs that I follow who are, uh, as we talked about uh, in the chat earlier, my favorite follows. Yes, sure. <laughs> Just I the ca- think, the chaos agents. I still think that one you guy that one guy you follow might be a performance artist, but uh, who knows? The one, the one with the uh, what's that movie called? It's like the Bell. I, I I'm not French enough to the Jacques Rivette movie. Yes, um, that's an incredible review. La Belle Noisieux. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, I sent you guys the Jonathan Livingston Siegel trailer. It's like a minute. I want you guys to just like react, like click on it and watch like a little bit of it and react to what's going on. With the sound? You're going to hear my sound, I think, if I... uh... No, you have your headphones in. Is that not going to... Is that not how... uh... I don't think so. No, it's it's the same... I mean, I think you'll hear it the same place you hear our voices. All right. Oh, yeah. That's true. I mean, you can also mute it, but... Oh, wait. No, the sound's oh. the whole point. Can't oh, wait. It? No, I realized I was hearing my video oh. that I hit play on. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to the birds watching. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? 
bridge is just seagulls flying around. <laughs> God, this looks like the birds. Those seagulls are like swarming a tractor. Jesus. That's how it happens. They love dump? trash dumps. I was going to say it's a dump, right? Yeah. Seagulls do love trash dumps. I mean, sure. Oh, God. The ocean. Oh, cut right. We, were, we have started this trailer, like, right at the exact same oh, time. I'm sorry. I would, watch, I would watch the shit out of this movie, and I think more movies would be done in that style. Um, <laughs> the trailer, by the way, just cuts to the ocean, and then the Paramount logo. And then it stops. I'm not sure that so much a real trailer is something that someone just, like, put up there. <laughs> I thought the trailer... I, so I, I was watching a lot of this movie online, like, just scenes. I thought this trailer had a, a part where... This hawk, they got a footage of a hawk, like, violently stabbing its claws into Jonathan Livingston's seagull. And the seagull's just, like, flapping it. It's like, and then they overdub, get off me, you silly, silly hawk or something. You're seeing an actual animal get devoured a lot. Yes. <laughs> it's crazy. Also, I'm pretty sure the hawk they used is a desert hawk that wouldn't be anywhere fucking near a seagull. Anyway. <laughs> sure. Can we, uh, um, can we talk a little bit about uh, the pot, like go the counter side of the, the positive influences that Marion Bad had. Because sure. there, there are a lot of people who like go nuts over this movie. Um, it's a cool movie. Kurosawa said it was one of his favorite movies. <sighs> Gotta respect anything he feels. Sure. Peter Greenaway liked it and uh, used the cinematographer from this for his movies. Um, apparently William Friedkin has seen this over 20 times. I don't know why. And okay. says he and says he still doesn't understand a single scene from it. Okay. All right. Well, good. I'm glad to know yeah. he's on the same page. That tracks. Mm. Uh, Pauline Kale hated it. Yeah, I was just about to say, uh, did you guys see the little, um, was it like the excerpt that they show on the Wikipedia page? You want to read it, Nick? Uh, let me find it. I actually had something <laughs> a, a different uh, thing of hers where she calls it aimless. And apparently, according to the, the bonus uh, thing that I saw, um, the guy who made like the bonus short on the Blu-ray basically says like this, uh, La Note and La Dolce Vita all came out around the same time. She painted all of them. And he said it's basically like her turning point to becoming an America first type uh, film critic. <laughs> Uh, oh, she uh, said the, the high fa- the high fashion experimental film, the snow job at the ice palace, back at the no fun party for non people. I mean, I, I, I can't deny that it's like wrong. no fun I, for non. I don't understand the snow job at the ice palace. That that is a phrase that I that has no meaning. <laughs> that makes as much sense to me as the movie, but the no. It's fun, a cold movie. I guess the no fun party for non people is a, is actually a pretty good burn. Yeah, that is. And th- that's like one other criticism I have of the movie is that you, the people are such ciphers that you don't really know any of them at all. And Delphine Searing's like a great actress. They, she really doesn't get much to do in this. She really like stands out because everyone, like you said, everyone else is just kind of bland and I don't really know the actors themselves. It's like, oh. So I spend a lot of time admiring her haircut and being like, maybe I should cut all my hair off again and have like a sleek little bob like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was interesting to read, uh, at least in the Wikipedia page, talking about how so much of the movie was inspired by, you know, the style of silent cinema. And that's why the makeup and styling and everything, because like her makeup is very 
like uh, mm-hmm. stands out and then her hairstyle. And so it talks about how they had wanted her to basically have the same haircut as Louise Brooks. Um, but since she had like already cut her hair a different way, that's why it's kind of like swooped and smoothed down all because they were trying to like force it into the style of a silent film era Bob. So sure, thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but, and I want you to go dresses, into your most of the dresses were designed by Chanel, by the way. So that's why. Yeah, I did see that beautiful dresses. I do want you to go in with like the a picture of her in this movie and be right. like, I want you to give me this. I know. And then it, you come out looking like a pencil. Right. And, yeah. Um, right. Now, back. The, the problem is with all of these things is, yeah, you see this like gorgeous woman with this gorgeous haircut. And you're like, if I cut my hair like that, I'll look like her. And then it turns out that that's not how it works exactly. But uh, she pulled give, it off. Okay. Give me the A. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everyone knows that <laughs> reference, too. You just say that sure. and they're like, ah, yeah, we got it. I'm very curious if you guys. So I'm. I tried looking at the box office at this time to see if we could play a box office game. Um, I'm not gonna play a box. It's the Parent Trap was the box office hit of oh, July nice. 5th, okay. 1961. Um, um, so sorry. On the interpretation section of the Wikipedia page, um, one theory is that this is a version of the Orpheus and Eurydice myth. Yes, I think it's just because of the statue. Okay. Sure. Uh, I kind thing. of like the the idea that it represents the relationship between patient and psychoanalyst. That like this entire mm-hmm. thing is like a yeah. therapy exercise. That's interesting. I hate or that... a, a writing exercise. Sure. Like you're trying to write a story, and it's yeah. like you have these characters, and I, I think it's an interesting thing to think about. I just don't care. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the purgatory one. Their I... Mind or yeah, that they're all ghosts. Yeah, yeah. The purgatory one. I feel like every time somebody comes up with some sort of uh it's actually this it's always they were dead or they're in purgatory that's it's it's like it's not interesting they weren't real there's like a running bit on how did this get made to like the extent that there's a t-shirt for it where anytime that they can't explain something jason manzuk is always his theory is always that it's a jacob's ladder scenario Mm -hmm. um which you know Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Jacob's Ladder, but that, or it's an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge scenario. Like yeah. the entire thing is happening sure. in the mind of a dying person. Um, and yeah, you can just throw that at basically any movie and yep. say, that's what's going on here. All right, I quickly want to throw it back to the box office because May was dominated in the box office by a movie we've done on this podcast. And I want to see if you guys can guess it. La Dolce Vita? Nope. I, I was going to say, I can't imagine that. Uh... Nine, what year are we in? 1961. 19- is it Memoria? No. <laughs> so it was the box office was being dominated by a movie we've covered on this by podcast? By a movie we've discussed on the podcast. Uh, American movie? Yeah. Okay. Is it Greed? <laughs> Get out of here. Got him. Uh-huh. Oh, is it Hard Day's Night? <laughs> nope. No, no, that's too early. That's, that's way too early. early. Yeah. Um... I'm literally looking at the list of movies. Yeah, so we've am I. It's a Wonderful podcast. Life would be too late for that. <laughs> when did Strange Love come out? Is it Strange Love? No. Bonnie and Clyde, it's too early That's for That's way isn't too it? early. Yeah. It's way before The Godfather. <laughs> yeah. It's after Casablanca. <laughs> Uh, box office uh, mega success detour? No. Okay. Well, if only. The apartment? Nope. 
No, I thought that was, I thought that would have had to have been because that was I this year, right? Or no, that was. I will say it's a movie we did from the book. It's not like a weird extra. It's, it's not, it's not Death Race two thousand. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, good call. Uh, right. <laughs> good movie. My yeah, man. great. It's great a real good movie. movie. Um, it's not the big sleep. Nope. Was it JFK? They knew. <laughs> <laughs> Predicted the future. Nope. Um, it's not Days of Heaven. Why you, do you guys remember Body Heat? Yeah, yes. we talked about Body Heat on this podcast. So that was weird. fun. Remember when he that throws the chair through the window? Oh, great! That's the first thing I think of when I think of Body Heat. <laughs> great scene. Sometimes you just gotta chuck a chair th- through a window. Man. God, that's a movie that was easy to talk about. Um, I'm really down King? to the. Yeah, I, I, I have no. This movie led. I've no fucking non consecutively two of the four May weeks. Gone with the Wind, re release. Gone with the Wind, yes. re Oh, all right. Sorry. As soon as I saw Gone with the Wind, well, I Gone with the Wind has is like will never be beaten as like the yeah adjust, exactly you know uh, inflation adjusted most biggest money maker of all time because they just kept putting it in theaters and it just everyone just kept going to see it because you couldn't see it unless it was in the theater so it's like you saw Gone with the Wind as a kid now you want your kids to see it back to the theater you go like it's just so weird this it's it's uh still so relevant in the time when you know yep last year at Marion Bad's coming out yeah well um also woo. Big, longest one movie at number one this year. Like most c- weeks uh-huh. at number one. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Nick's favorite movie. I think it's the only movie I have a half star on Letterboxd. Yeah. Fuck that movie. Also, ones that ended up at number one this year. The Guns of Navrone, The Hustler. Ooh, The um, Hustler's good. Yeah. Um... Spartacus, Spartacus first weekend uh, was number one. Which inspired West Side uh, Story. a great line from That Thing You Do, most famously. <laughs> I am Spartacus. Um, I, I've seen Sp- and West Side Story. I've seen, I've seen Spartacus a few times. Um, it's, a, it's a good movie. We, wa- they, we watched it in my sixth grade class when we were studying like ancient civilization history or like Roman Well, that history. seems weird. <laughs> yep. It's the only Kubrick movie I've never seen. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, no, I, I can't. Why? It was also, like on TV a lot. I feel like when I was a kid, like the same way that just like westerns would movie. be. Yeah, it's such a dad. My dad loves. Dad that movie. showed it to me. Yeah, a lot. my dad loves that movie. I'm a um, I'm a dad now, and I have to lean into watching that kind of movie. It's somewhere on my shelf. I just can't see it. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine the way my dad was like. Here, this is a this is a really good movie. Let's watch it. I can't see you just like grab an EV and being like Spartacus time. But you know, there we go. Hey, dope. Sweet. Kirk Douglas on the cover, unproblematic dude. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Charles Lawton's he, in it. He he can be our guy. He finally died, right? Kirk Douglas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, thank God. Old as hell. Yeah, he was way too old. He was like super old my literal entire life. Uh, <laughs> I still can't believe Yusinov won Best Supporting Actor for that movie. Good for him. Weird. So, so last year at Marion Bad? Do you think they had met before? Real quick. You don't have to give an explanation, just yes or no? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Did she die? No. no. I don't think so. That's not how I feel Did he rape her. her? 
I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I, For some reason, my sort of default, like, my default assumption is always going to be sort of, like, the most straightforward. So, like, yes, they met before, but then none of the sensational stuff happened. Like, yeah, sure. is sort of where I, my default goes without any other thing to convince me otherwise. All right, what do you guys like better, this or its direct filmic uh, descendant, the first two before movies? <laughs> Oh, you know in the what? you know in the first two before movies, it's really unclear if they'd ever actually met before. Um, Nick, Nick's doing a bet. No, but like it's the the his their like plot. Sure, of, they hey, meet. We're gonna, they we're meet gonna later meet a year and... from now, and then they actually do. That's sort of uh, like the, definitely the before movies. That's, that's sort of like how the before movies work. Sort of, but I mean, before sunset's the best. So. Before yeah. sunset is the best. You know what this movie's kind of like? Actually, is it's it's like the scene in Before Sunset where they're they're arguing whether or not they'd had sex. Oh yeah, sure. That's really what this is about. Yeah. Only only that one like we have a definitive answer. Yes, because we we were there too. Yeah. Um. The the thing it made me think of is uh the, I think it was maybe originally a play, but it's a movie called Same Time Next Year. Are you guys familiar with Same Time that Next Year? That sounds familiar. Ellen Burstyn, Alan Alda, mm. um, 70. Oh, yeah, it's based on a play. Um, yeah, it's like a romantic drama about a couple that, um, you know, gets together once a year for an affair. They actually do the Same Time Next Year thing. Mm. Um, and then it, like, tracks them over decades while they have this affair. I don't know why I'm so <laughs> familiar with this movie that came out before I was born and has this very bizarre plot, but... Anyway, that's what it made me think of. Celestia so and Bad. Yeah. Um, Ebert we quotes? are at the hour mark. We, we, oh, we, yeah. we made yeah. it to an hour. Let's talk Ebert quotes. Yeah. How much did we talk about Mary and Beth? Yeah. Enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, my God. Next next week is a movie from 1934. It's good. What is it? It's a lot of long. Oh, fuck yeah. The best movie. I thought next. I got. Best movie. I'm not good at alphabetization so i thought next week was laventura but that's coming up all right i'll, I'll start with the quotes okay oh we should just uh, say as as we've also discussed this entire this is one of ebert's most most just like self-centered se- yes of of all the the good-natured uh ribbing we do of raj for being like here's my memory of the movie which it, it's totally fair it's his personal essays every essay yeah. could be about his experience watching it but this one is just the most. Okay, anyway, go ahead. When I saw the new digitized video disc edition in a video store, which is <laughs> just, just quite a way to start a phrase. DVD, digitized. I've never thought about DVD being digitized video disc. Video disc. Okay. There I reached out automatically. I wanted to see it again to see if it was silly or profound and perhaps to recapture the earlier self, a 17-year-old who hoped truth could be found in art. Nice. I, for the this, life of me, this could movie not has a lot of truth. He stood for right. We're learning something today. So, um, do you want to go, Nick, or do you want me to go? I'll go. Uh, this is a shorter quote. The fun is in asking questions. Answers are a form of defeat. Yep, nice. that's fair. Um, and then mine is a longer quote. Um, it is possible, I realized, to grow impatient with last year at Marion Bad, to find it affected and insufferable. It doesn't hurtle through its story like today's hits. It's not a narrative pinball machine. It is a deliberate, artificial, artistic construction. I watched it with a pleasure so intense, I was surprised. 
I knew to begin with there would be no solution, that the three characters would move forever through their dance of desire and denial, and that their clothing and the elegant architecture of the chateau was as real as the bedroom at the end of 2001. In other words, simply a setting in which human behavior could be observed. Like, when he puts it that way, I'm like, oh, maybe this is a masterpiece. Like... <laughs> That it's just people, when he describes it, like, the chateau being, like, the bedroom at the end of 2001, I'm like, hmm, okay. What? Yeah, so. Compared it to a great movie. Sure, with, like, a, a great ending that doesn't really All the make best any endings. sense. So. Oh, they right. They leave together, uh, right? That's, that's, like, she leaves her husband, and that that's sort of where it goes. Right? Yeah. I think. Sure. I think. I think so. That was that was my takeaway. Who's to say? Who's I literally say? I don't have an answer. Just like it's the fetus to do that. Yeah. Just like Raj said. Um, yeah, my wow, it got really any, dark any, in your room, Jen. <laughs> oh, it's any, really dark. Yeah, this room has weird lighting. Sorry. Okay, so any question? It's, it is noon, by the way, where I am. So let's yeah. Anyway. Any question uh, that one asks about this movie is it's not like an objective like did this happen it's uh, right. did you did you did you think that this is what happened correct yeah you can't have it in either way okay so to do the thumbs up thumbs down mm-hmm. up yeah thumbs, thumbs up, up. Mm-hmm. out of four nick i'm gonna go three i'm also three i'll go three and a half all I'll right a little bit nicer um more out of nostalgia, though, than anything. Fair, fair enough. You're, you're bringing that to the table. All right. Um, who wants to start on what we've watched this week? Because I watched probably 30 movies since okay. we talked. Okay. I only watched four, so I can go first. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I, this may be our shortest episode ever. Um, all Until right. Dylan has his COVID catch up. I was going to say, yeah. So I watched four. Actually, you know what? I watched three because I was counting the movie we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really, really, really <laughs> busy week at work, um, so I did not watch anything in between Lady Eve until Friday night. Um, and so I watched two old movies um, Friday night. We're trying to get better about like pulling Criterion discs off the shelf that we haven't watched and been like, let's watch some of these. So I'll just like yeah, grab a handful. Barry Lyndon are still sitting I there. know. Well, I grab a handful, and then Matt picks what he wants to watch. Um, and so we watched Barcelona, because we're working our way through the uh, Whit Stillman Metropolitan awesome. Trilogy. Um, really good movie. I, didn't, I still liked Metropolitan a little bit better, um, but I'm really looking forward to Last Days of Disco, so I can have a fully formed opinion. But Barcelona, really fun movie. Mira Sorvino does a non-terrible Spanish accent in it, mm. um, which <laughs> I did not know her character was going to be one of the Spanish characters. And so when she showed up and just, sure. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, pretty good movie. Interesting. Um, gets kind of darker than I was expecting. And then um, after that, we watched Blue Velvet uh, for the first time. Nick is thrilled. I didn't think bumping. Nick could be happier in the chat the other day. So where... Blue Velvet, really good movie. Um, it is sure. both, like you said, it's more, it is more sort of like upsetting and dark, darker than like Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's but, the most fucked up movie I've ever made. But it's, but it's also, I'm, I've seen Mulholland Drive like 85 times. Speaking of a movie that's like, how definitively can you say what happened or what didn't or what was real or what wasn't? More like, than sure. Last Year at Marion Bad. Sure. But then, more than Last Year at Marion Bad. But I 
watching Blue Velvet, I was just like, oh, well, this is just like a plot I can follow. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a, a pretty then true. B, yeah, yeah, then yeah. C, there's like a crime plot and I can follow what's happening. I mean, it's all weird. It, it's weird oh, as hell, but I, I, I under, oh, I know what happened in it. Um, no, but I, I really liked it. It's, it's really good. Um, man, I, this is probably the weirdest takeaway to have, but young Laura Dern is like so amazing. Like what, yeah. like an amazing teenage, like poise performance. And she's just so on Lynch's level. Like there's this scene towards the end where she sort of finds out what's been happening and she's been cheated on or whatever. And she does this like, ex- like way over like dramatic, like crying where like her entire face twists up. And yes, Dylan just like made, she makes that face. And it's like, I, I tried to do my best. And that's exactly what it's <laughs> like. And it's just, ugh, she's so good. Um, yeah. I wish poor Kyle McLaughlin should have been a much bigger star. Um, is something that I've been thinking about a lot as I've yeah. been watching Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet and other, lynch stuff um how many episodes do you have left oh my god i'm i'm in the same place i need to go back to twin peaks you can keep watching it five i I kept watching and i was just like i don't i don't i can't keep doing this i know i i we we really season two's tough hit a wall in season two of twin peaks that uh we have yet to climb um oh and then the last night watched the uh just now out on apple tv tragedy of Macbeth. yeah how was that where is it in your Cohen's rankings? I really well. I'm not going to put it in my Cohen's rankings. That would be rude to Ethan. Um, I Fair. really Fuck liked Ethan. it. Like I liked it a lot. And I don't know again if this is sort of like with passing, where I thought the critical reception had been kind of muted, and so I was like, "It's been muted." Yeah. I would say. Um, I've seen some people just this weekend though who were like, "This pumping it, like crazy over this movie." It too, rules. So. Denzel should get an Oscar nomination. Like it's really good, and he's really it's good. Denzel. Denzel could get an Oscar nomination. The worst movie he's ever been sure, in. Sure, but like he would, it it would be deserved. It would be deserved. And yeah. it's a beautiful movie. I love what he did. Like it's so. Um, we're also big fans of the Justin Kurzel Macbeth, like which is a weird opinion to have, but um, I, I really like I, it. I want to see it. It looks cool. Like we saw it in the theater. It was awesome, um, and it it does the thing. You know, there's basically two ways to do a Shakespeare adaptation. Justin Kurzel's Macbeth does the thing where it's like, well, we are going to take advantage of this being a movie instead of a play. It's going to be huge. It's going to be like bloody. It's going to be you know. Uh, the exact opposite of what the Cohen one is. Exactly. And so then you have this, which is very stage bound, very impressionistic. There's like rooms that they're in where you can like tell the walls don't go all the way, that kind of thing. Um, sure. And it is gorgeous. Like it is, it is just really, Denzel's great. It looks great. Um, people, you know, uh, that the woman who plays the, um, the witches like has been yeah, getting yeah. well-deserved attention. She is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I said, I think, but my, then you get those once in a, one in a million movies where Throne of Blood is both at the same time. It's true. Yeah. Um, you got to watch Throne of Blood. I'll Janet. watch Throne of Blood at, at some it's point so as well. Um, but yeah, so I do, if, if you got access to the old Apple TV plus, I do recommend <laughs> the old Apple Tragedy and Macbeth. I think it's really super cool. Um, I saw some negative review of it that like. I think it was just like a dumb letterbox review that was like, and uh, or I shouldn't say dumb. I think it was from someone I follow, but it was just someone who was like, yet another unnecessary remake. And I'm like, Come one, on. a new adaptation of a Shakespeare play is not a remake. <laughs> this is just something we have done throughout history. Let's just uh, get on board with that. 
Um, and I also don't think it's unnecessary. I think it does something different than I've seen before. So anyway, that's my spiel to check out Tragedy and Macbeth. It's not you know like- would be funny is if somebody did just like, we're gonna redo Romeo, or, or we're, we're gonna remake Hamlet, but it's just gonna be like the Mel Gibson Hamlet. It's just the Mel Gibson we're not Hamlet. Going to the so- <laughs> we're not going to the source material. We're just going to the, the, the original we're, Mel We're text. using that screenplay. We're keeping the edits. We're doing that. Gonna have the weird mom humping that's in that movie. Um, so you took your headphones off and came back from mom humping. Um, no, no, no. I heard, I heard all that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I do think it's not like I don't think it's gonna crack my top ten necessarily. Tragedy Macbeth, but it's you know that's real good. Um, Did you see Steven's review? Um, Stephen, dear friend of the podcast, Stephen Three Star Gillespie. <laughs> um, I saw I saw that he gave it three stars. I have not got to read the review yet, but I will. Interesting review. I will check it out. I like that we can give him that nickname. It's like, oh, Steven I love this movie. Stephen gave it three stars. <laughs> and and I, I, I'm sure. The wind rises. Oh, my God. I know he's listening. You... I feel like this is not talking behind his back. No, exactly. I, I'm, sure yeah. he's, I'm sure he's hearing this. Uh, yes. I've never actually liked talked to Steven on the show. Yeah, yeah you're the only one that hasn't yeah. met Steven. You gotta yet. get on. Yeah, but we, inter- we, inter- we interact on the letterbox, which is uh, yes. the truest form of friendship, I feel like. But yes, it does. Yeah, it, I, I just The story of uh, my life is, I love this movie so much. And Steven's like, yeah, three stars. <laughs> which is fair, which is completely fair. And then always justifies it, whereas my letterbox review is just like, fun movie. So fun! who am I to say? That's literally licorice pizza right, right fun there. Fun movie, yep. Speaking All right, of, Nick, what, is, Nick. What, did, what did I watch? Uh, let me pull my phone out. So I finally finished Encanto. Um, oh, I like it. Movie. It's 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 fine. It's cute. Uh, Evie loves it. Good. So. The kids are loving that. That's yeah. good for them. The kids the kids deserve it. Yeah, she really enjoys it. So I've seen uh, <laughs> bits and pieces a million times and listened to the songs a million times already. We watched The Last Duel, which I think is on HBO now. Yeah, I think it's yes. on HBO that, Max. That movie fucking rules. Like, awesome. This movie was done <laughs> so dirty. Yeah. yeah. Where would it rank in your Scott rankings? Towards the top. It's really fucking good. It's really good. <laughs> it's, it's really, really fantastic. Um, and yeah. Jodie Comer, like, she's she's been done the wrongest in terms yeah. of, like, lack of uh, critical praise and mm-hmm. awards banter yeah. like she's she's i am curious if the movie is going to come up in our awards like if if ben affleck's going to get a, a supporting actor well he did get a supporting actors. actor nom from sag just that for tender bar. <laughs> the tender bar God. what the i hope he doesn't i hope i i hope he gets an oscar nomination for best supporting actor and i really hope he doesn't get one for the tender bar because i do not want to watch the tender bar yeah um it's on amazon prime so like it's there no one wants to watch the tender. i mean it's probably fine i don't know i like ty sheridan i i shouldn't be so mean about that movie but i just what, what are seemed, we doing i mean the, like i haven't seen it so maybe this is a, a stupid opinion to have but it seems just kind of like a nothing movie like like a movie yeah, that won't, like, I, won't be good or bad and you right. won't forget about it yeah yeah, that's and I'm just going to waste, like, 90 minutes of my life doing something that I'm not even going to remember. Yeah, you got to gotta take up a, a crafting hobby or something. Yeah. <laughs> I've got, I've got like, some, some crocheting projects I'm working on that I can knock out that while can I'm watching te- the That can be bar. tender bar time. Exactly, yeah. But in the last duel, Ben is also fantastic. He's got a great hair situation going on. 
There's a scene where I can't remember the exact line, but he says something like, get in here and take off your pants. And it's like mm-hmm. the f- most I laughed in a movie all year. He's so funny. He's he's, so he's funny. kind of like if you took his character from Goodwill Hunting, but just the scene where he's pretending to be Matt Damon in the job interview, and you put that guy into like 13th century France. That's yeah. uh, that's sort of who he's playing. Just yeah. great, great shit from Ben, yeah. too. Uh, but yeah, Jodie Comer is, uh, she gave one of my famous, my favorite uh, actress performances of the year. Like maybe yeah. not my favorite, but up there. Um, definitely nice. will be in the conversation when we do our awards. Like she's just so good and she's basically playing three different characters because she's doing herself in three yeah. different retellings of yeah. the story. And they're like very subtle differences that she's doing that are, uh, I-, I think, really pulled off quite well. Um, speaking of people playing multiple roles um we watched dead ringers the cronenberg movie which stars jeremy irons and jeremy irons does playing. indeed that was just about to say jeremy <laughs> irons and jeremy irons have you guys seen this no no but i i know fucked up movie it's uh you don't say i i guess cronenberg's version of an erotic thriller it's two uh twin obi guys who um share women, do doctors basically. say obi guys yeah Oh, I mean that makes sense, but I've never heard it said that way before. What yeah, for OBGYN? People, yeah, people do one or the other. Um, I'm not going to say obstetrician gynecologist. Sure, I just never heard OBGYNs. That's yeah, just, or like what a, what I've a never heard fun that. way of saying it. Yeah, or like gynecology oncology. Right, sure. like the ones who only do like cancer surgeries. We call them gynocs. Wow. So they play. Sorry, a not, pair not, of, the, not the point. Not the point of your review. Continue. <laughs> they, they play a pair of uh, Obi guns who um, share women, uh, unbeknownst to them. Sure, unbeknownst to the women, because these are twins, yeah, the, right? Yeah, the women. Yeah, the men. No, <laughs> and uh, one of them falls in love with a woman that they're sleeping with, uh, and simultaneously gets addicted to pills, and that's what happens from there. Okay. Uh, they're they're both doing the like or he's he's playing two different characters um these twin brothers and they're different but in subtle ways it's not like the one is the big wacky guy and the other one's like the quiet and reserved guy that's sort of how they are but it's slight differences like they have the same haircut but it's done like one's a little different they're both well put together but the one dress is a little fancier the one's a little bit more reserved um so it's not like an in your face like i'm doing the far extremes it's like one's at a 60 the other one's at a 40 in terms of like i don't know emotional scale so it's a really good performance by him uh yeah cronenberg makes some fucked up movies he managed to almost make it an hour without doing some gross body horror stuff and then then, he and then he did it and then we're like immediately started hooting and hollering we're like yeah it's about time that's what we've been waiting for um i watched a few renee's so i watched this short that's on the um kino release of last year at miriam bad called all the world's memory and it's just a doc like a 20 minute documentary about um the bibliothèque nationale in paris and it's great i I thought it was really um like beautifully shot similar to how miriam bad is shot um just a lovely little uh movie a nice love letter to a very large library in france nice nice. Uh, and then i watched hiroshima mon amour and i was thinking about this dylan you uh i think you and i are very different in that like our best movies of all time list you um tend to put stuff into that 
like upper echelon of like all time favorites pretty easily or or like if you see something I do new, have an all time favorites list that's about 300 movies long right now. Yeah. <laughs> but like when you rank stuff you're you're pretty comfortable like seeing something loving it and putting it into like your top 10 of all time or something like that. And sure. I and I'm like not like that at all where I have to sit like my they shoot pictures voting thing well i'm also comfortable like eliminating it a week later if like yeah i yeah. sit with yeah, it you, but you, it's just like I, just like more. what i feel in the yeah. moment yeah. <laughs> but like my my they shoot pictures um nominations of 25 movies only two of them were movies i'd seen in the last year and i think before that it was all movies that i'd seen like at least five years ago for the first time sure um hiroshima monomore even after one viewing i think definitely would have been one of my submissions just like Hooting and hollering the entire time. I fucking love <laughs> I like the idea of hooting and hollering in Mona Moore. I, I've, it, it was just so very much my shit. It's sort of like a uh, a non-photographic version of La Jetée in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And Renee and Marker yeah. were actually like friends and collaborators, which hmm. makes total sense. Um, it Just incredible, incredible movie. Like I... My jaw was on the floor the entire time. I loved it. From from pretty much the opening shot, I was like, "Ooh, this is cool!" And it's good. From there, uh, I was just hooked. So this is the Renee movie that I think really should be in uh, this book. Yeah, or I, in any book. Yeah, yeah. I watched um, Je T'aime, Je T'aime, which is another Renee movie that uh, is also about memory and fractured relationships. It's about a guy who gets put in a time machine and is sent to the past and it's sort of like the billy pilgrim thing where he's just like sent in and out of the past and he can't control uh like where he goes and he's just like reliving little snippets of his life it's very weird um but it's a pretty cool movie too and then i watched uh two kino's been um remastering uh i think six movies by the hungarian director named miklos jankso Mm -hmm. so i watched two of his movies one is called the roundup which is uh great movie apparently it's one of bellatar's favorite movies and it's about uh, there was like a hungarian uprising that was quashed in the 1800s by the habsburg it was quashed by the habsburgs and this is about um the soldiers trying to root out the people who had participated in the uprising like not long after the uprising was quelled and it's uh fantastic he makes really good use of like landscape imagery and wide shots um and then the other movie I watched uh, last night is called Electra, My Love, which is the uh, his, his version of the, the Greek myth Electra. Um, uh-huh. And this one, I think it's... So the movie's like an hour 15, and I think it's only 12 shots long. And the oh the first... Or not not the first. There's like a short like intro to the movie, and then the first like main chunk is, I think, eight or nine minutes long, and it's the most elaborate one I've ever seen, where it's... Mm-hmm. There's, like, a dance sequence. Um, there are, like, hundreds of extras, horses riding by, multiple conversations happen. They, ex- like, people, m- like, wander around and start talking to other people, and it tells you exactly, like, the background of the movie, what, what happened, who these people are, what's going to happen. Um it's uh it's pretty jaw-dropping so i would i would recommend checking that out just even for, i added both of those to my watch yeah list. even just even just for the beginning because it, it took me a little while to realize that it was all in one shot like a couple minutes and then i was like oh my god they haven't cut yet and it just keeps going and going and they it, it must have taken ages to stage all that stuff sure it's 
bananas. It's a really cool movie. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of the stuff that they've remastered of his because I've only seen one other of his movies. Um, red, white. Yeah, the red and the white, which is a, a really good um, warm. I movie. think that's the only one I knew of his. Yeah, that's a that's a really cool movie. So I'm I'm looking forward to dive uh, deeper into his uh, filmography. It's cool shit. Dylan, what uh, you watched a movie or two this week? I watched so many. So I was in COVID lockdown. This was kind of, oh, I was in COVID lockdown a little bit when we recorded last week, but watched a ton. So I'm just going to say the movie, a quick thought. And then if you guys want it, why did you mute yourself, Jana? Oh, I muted myself on purpose. Oh, I should mute my microphone. Hold on. Sorry. I was about to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. <laughs> we didn't need to pause the podcast. Everything's fine. Now I don't have to sneeze anymore. <laughs> you scared it out of me. Okay, continue. Um,. If there's movies that you guys like want to say more about, like I would love to talk more because I loved all the movies I saw, but I'll just go through them qu- pretty quickly. Azor, super suspenseful, really good. Uh, Laura, not as great as I was hoping it would be, but pretty pretty amazing nonetheless. Home from the Hill, uh, Minnelli is the best director ever. That movie fucking rocked. Um, and now I've lost it. Okay, there, my internet is back. Okay, Ryan's Daughter, have you guys ever heard of this movie? I've heard of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a three and a half hour long David Lean movie that most people consider the worst movie of all time. <laughs> Fucking amazing. <laughs> Silly. Uh, His Motorbike, Her Island. Uh, guys, have you seen this one, Nick? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I, I have a uh, copy of it. Oh. Yeah, you have a lot of copies of Obayashi <laughs> movies that no one can find that. <laughs> that only you can watch. Um, Awesome movie. I saw Satyajit Rai's The Music Room. Um, holy shit, that guy knows how to make movies. Have you seen that one, Nick? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, I bought, watched Canyon I, Pass. I bought, well, what's the other one? The Big City? During, my all-time favorite movie. Yeah, during, during the last time. Criterion sale, I was choosing between picking up those two and one with The Big City, which I have not watched yet, but I have a... Uh, you, you chose correctly, okay. but Music Room is still awesome. Yeah. Um, I've been making a you've small... you seen The Leopard, right? Oh, I love The Leopard. The Music Room's just The Leopard. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I, I've been making a small... Uh, list of like uh movies that friends have recommended to me that i need to like just over a week or two watch all of them uh for the sight and sound list yeah um watch canyon passage a tournier western i watch a movie called fatakin which is um a sim bene movie about a gas station owner uh mr thank you which was real good that was like Ford stagecoach, but just in rural Japan. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, Daughters of the Dust. Yeah. Uh, that was a great movie. You, you've seen that movie, Nick? Yeah, a couple of times. I actually did a podcast about that movie. Um, like oh, really? Maybe, maybe a year ago on my other podcast, we talked about it. Um, yeah, it's an incredible movie. The, the um, audio commentary to that with Julie Dash is like one of the best audio commentaries I've heard. Really? Yeah, it's really I, I mean, I kind of felt like Marion Bod. Not as, like, ridiculously as, like, what the fuck. But, like, Daughters Dust is one of those movies that ended, and I was like, I don't fully know what's going on. I'm going to need to watch this one at least two or three more times to, like, fully take it in. Yeah, it feels more like, um, sort of like a, an Apichapong where a Seth could movie, where it's got all this yeah. spirituality stuff, and, like, you, you don't, you, or at least I didn't know what any of that means, but you can sort of track that like this is supposed to mean something like in history. Sure. There's like a symbolic thing to it. So even though I don't understand like what everything represents per se, I feel like 
Julie Dash knows what she's doing the same way I feel like Joe's Joe knows what he's doing. So I feel like mm-hmm. I'm in good hands at least with that that sort of narrative, even if it's sort of abstract. Sure. Um, I watched Bound for the Fields, the Mountains, and the Sea Coast. It's all one title. Three movies. Yeah, one movie, the not three movies. <laughs> um, which is basically like if they did Jojo Rabbit good. Okay. So what a description. It's, it's top fifty of all time. My new favorite Obayashi. Um, I can't recommend that one enough. Um, if I would re- really recommend, though, there's, for some reason, two versions of this movie. You can either watch it in black and white or in color. Watch the color version specifically because the ending goes into black and white. Oh, okay. So I think it's, like, a little bit more, you know, impactful. Like, there's something, like, changing here. Um, so, yeah. I watched a movie called Let's Go with Pancho Villa, which was fucking awesome. Um, a movie called The Friends of Eddie Coyle. Yeah. Great sure. little 70s have you seen that nick oh i love that movie <laughs> so good <laughs> love mitchum yeah all the mitchum movies are going off of criterion this month so mm. go watch some mitchum movies uh i watched millennium mambo the ho Shao shen movie uh if you like in the mood for love or something like that's 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 the movie for you um i saw memoria which I want to do like a five minute spoiler talk on, even though no one could listen to that. But like at, to, to have it on to the end of this episode for I guess Steven could listen to it. Steven seen. <laughs> hey Steven. Three stars, Steven. Sorry, Steven. I saw work I saw Workmeister Harmonies, which is maybe my new all time favorite movie. Uh you have called Nick, three you, separate you, movies in the past yeah. five minutes your all time favorite movie. Okay. By the way. What were the see, three? See, Bound and that's the sort fields of my point. Like, I, Sea Coast. Big City. Oh, but that one I've seen two years no, ago. No, I know. I'm and just I've saying you've just times. referred to three different <laughs> yeah. movies as your all-time favorite movie. That's all. And they're probably not my actual all-time favorite movie, which is To Sleep With Anger, Red Shoes, and Tokyo Story. Yeah. Those are the, the three main ones. So, that's all. I'm just, just calling it out. Uh, Work My Star Harmony is five stars from Steven. There you go. Yeah. Um, I mean, how could you not? Yeah. Nick, what was, like, your reaction when you watched? Like, how did you react to it when you saw it? I was like, yeah, sure. That's pretty much how things are. <laughs> sometimes there's a dead whale and uh sometimes you have to riot in a hospital god that scene was fucked up it's a, uh, pleasant, it's a pleasant movie i'm looking forward to jana finally diving into bellatar becoming the Someday. world's most fervent the world's more, most fervent bellatar head you never know <laughs> unexpected things happen um I watched a movie called The Traveling Players, which is an Angelopolis movie, which Nick watched a movie about this retelling of the Electra storyline from Greek mythology. The Traveling Players is a retelling of the Greek mythology story Electra. Is it? Uh, yep. Oh, I didn't know that. So oh, should, basically should, uh... it's like, it's about a group of uh, people that work in a play that go into a town, but they're all named after the characters in Electra, like Electra, Agamemnon. Oh, Orestes. Um, and they basically play out the Greek tragedy in modern Greece, or quote unquote modern Greece. And it's like sort of a past becoming present sort of thing of like the downfall of these Greek, you know, heroes in the downfall of Greece in World War II and the fascist uh, uprising post and sort of pre World War II. Uh, it's the best. My favorite movie of all time. 
Number four. Uh, so that's four. That's four. Keep it going. <laughs> We're going. Th- um, Nick, you gotta watch that movie. It's, it's so up your alley. I watched a movie called The Passion Friends, and another David Lean movie. Um, Claude Rains is the best. Watched a movie called The Crucified Lovers. Mizuguchi is so good. Um, watched a movie called Anus Amoris, uh, or Two Hour Romance, which was really good. And after all that, then I started watch. Then I watched Bead the Ricardos. So. <laughs> Favorite movie? That was a little change. I honestly don't know if I'm so hard about being the Ricardos because I just watched 20 of like the most amazing movies ever, and then watched, that wouldn't you know, help. This... That 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 would no. Not set I, I didn't give it the best. To, yeah, I mean it's not good. Um, don't get me wrong. It's just that just also probably did not help. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched Angel's Egg. Have you seen Angel's Egg, Nick? No, the anime. Yeah, There's not, like, a good release of it that I've been able to track down. It's in, like, a 1080p on YouTube. Oh, really? 60 minutes. Okay. So just watch it there. Uh, I watched Stars in My Crown, another Tournier Western, and I it's basically Redbeard, but for the Wild West. I watched The Salesman, uh, the Farhadi movie. That was intense. It's intense. <laughs> Jenny, you want to tell the quick story for anyone that's seen The Salesman to, would understand why you decided to change your life around watching The Salesman? Yeah, when, I, when you said you were going to watch it, I mentioned that, like, there's something in that movie that literally made me change my day-to-day life behavior. Um, and without getting into details of what happens in the movie, um, I pre- previously used to, if someone buzzed up my apartment to be let into my building, if I knew I had a friend coming over or whatever, I would just let them in. Um, after watching The Salesman, I now will not hit the buzzer to open the door to my apartment building unless I confirm who the person is at the door, no matter if I think I know who is coming over or not. <laughs> it was a uh, just a nice reminder to, hey, maybe uh, play it safe when it comes to living safe in the big city. Um, yeah, creepy movie. Creepy, creepy. Yeah. Um, I just think that's, like, the most perfect way to, like, trailer that movie. Yeah. You're like, yeah, don't... Uh, don't don't unlock your doors if you don't know for sure who you are unlocking your doors yeah. for. <laughs> um, yeah. I watched uh, Muriel or Time of Return. Um, pretty good. Uh, definitely the weaker of the three movies. Do you know what this trilogy is called, Nick? Uh, uh, it's probably a memory, something or other tr- trilogy. I don't it, know. Yeah. Um, and lastly, I drove an hour to a different city in my car to drive my car. And actually, Nick, I didn't even know how much you liked Hiroshima Mona more, but I was going to also say, like, the movie that most reminded me of Drive My Car was Hiroshima Mona more. Of what it was like. It had the reaction of Workmeister Harmonies with the feelings of Hiroshima Mona more. Nice. So, uh, can you please see it? I need to talk yeah, about it I, with you. I, I, I you will. Still... I haven't been able to just because uh, yeah. they're only screening it while I work. That's or this fine. weekend when I had to work, or next weekend, one screening that I'll be able to go to if I can <sighs> find childcare. These fuckers. Do it. Yeah. Take it with you. They'll love it. <laughs> There's a really cute dog in it. There is. There's a really that's that a good dog. That dog is so cute. Dog. There's actually a couple good dogs. In the, I mean, there's one dog that we spend more time with, but the dogs pop up throughout that movie. Um, yeah. So, good, huh? 
Oh my god. Yeah. Good movie. I I feel like I'm so basic because I'm like, yeah, that is the the best I, movie. That's of what the year. that's been my take. And I I, I was is that, I, I was thinking so like we all watch this movie and like maybe Nick has it number two, I have it number five, Janet has it like number three or yeah. something. We collectively are like, yes, that was probably the best oh movie god. of the year. But it looks like it's going in the direction of. We all just think it is the best. Remember movie when? Of the year, remember which... when you thought it couldn't be better than Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy just a week ago? When you thought that? Yeah, but Wheel of Fortune Fantasy, real good. It's though. really no. I, Wheel of Fortune Fantasy is amazing, but uh, I just remember you were like, I don't know, if drive my drive car. My car. This. Exactly. That is correct. Yeah. All right. Ninety minute podcast. Woo! And, we did uh, it. Talked about the movie for about twenty. It's about yeah. as long as so. the movie, isn't we it? We talked. Yes, almost exactly. We talked about the movie for fifty seven minutes. Um, no, actually, that's a lie because we talked. Spent like fifteen minutes before we saw. We talked about the movie for like thirty five minutes. <laughs> we talked about the and movie most of enough. it was because of like the fifty worst movies of all time or the weird Oscars. Yeah, well, sort of thing. what are you gonna do? This, this is not a. It didn't imagine, give us much to talk about. Imagine trying to do a scene by so it opens like this, and then these characters. I do was this. meticulously taking notes for the first like twenty minutes of what happened in each scene, and then I was like, "I'm done. I can't yeah. do this to yeah, myself, that is fair. or to the listeners of this podcast, or to you guys." Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Next said time we have a lot of longs. Is that? A lot of Do you know guys know where that one's streaming? It's on Criterion and then Rentable oh, on great. the, uh, the sure. usual places. Cool. Um, if you can, pick up the three or four movie collection. Yeah, on four. Genre, if you go. Four is like. It's an the, awesome set to have. The fourth movie is like seven minutes long or something like that. Oh. It was like a commission uh, Apropos short. Denise, 15 minutes long and then... Zero for Conduct, I think, is 20 minutes long. No, Zero for Conduct's, like, I think a solid 40. There's No, he did one oh. called Therese, which is about, like, a swimmer, I think, that's, like, yeah, not not long at all. And then he... Yeah, uh, you know what's not long at all? A lot, a lot, at 88 oh, minutes. I, I thought you were going to make a crass joke and say Jean Vigo's life, because uh, he died not long after making these. <laughs> oh, of, that's uh, right. We 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 talked about this before once. Why, why did we do that? Why he's, did he die, like... 25 20, or something. I think 28. He, He's who I drafted when we did our dir- the director game yeah. uh, oh. ages ago. Good lord. Okay. Um, oh my god. I can't get yeah, my Zero for Conduct work, is 44 right? minutes. Opera Code Denise is 24 minutes. And Therese is 9 minutes. And that was like a documentary uh, that he was like commissioned to do on this uh, swimmer. So if you watched all the movies together, it'd probably be like a two and a half hour thing. Oh, this is another boat movie. Yeah, it's a boat movie. It's very similar to it's, it's uh, the I, best boat. Movie. Is it just like Lady Eve? Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's very similar <laughs> to uh, Sunrise, the the F. W. Murnau movie. I feel like I have yeah. not seen Sunrise. I, I watched them like pretty close together, so I feel like a lot of the elements like from the one bleed into the other when I think about the movies. Sure. Interesting. But yeah, I'm looking forward. The setting's to very different, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to jumping back in, though. Cool. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Um, cool, cool, cool. So that's all for this week. You can follow us on Twitter, Litterbox at uh, Great Movies Pod, and check out our podcast artist at S Brady Artist on Twitter. That's our friend Scott Brady. Thank you, Scott. Um, yeah. So that'll be all for this week. Roger out. Roger, Roger out. out. So the other reason we talked about. Lot and Jean Vigo in advance is because it stars Dita Parlo from Grand. Oh, Ovation. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's all. I just figured that out. I was like, Dita Parlo, why does that name sound familiar? Ah, Grand uh, so. Also, um, now you know. 
Spaceships in Memoria, they did it! <laughs> so space, excited. Did you say Space Jam is in Memoria? Spaceships. Oh, spaceships. I also thought you said Space Jam. Oh! <laughs> and I was like, wow. No. LeBron James wanders through the frame. <laughs> I mean, that's, might that's as well have. The, the noise is just his, like, dunking on people. Okay, so the noise is the ship? That's what I thought. That's That's how I... It's either the like ship or it's it somehow so often, and no one else can hear it. Is she an alien? Is he an alien? So I, th- I honestly thought the noise powered the ship, because every time the noise happened, the ship turned on. But it could be the ship was turning on, making, making the, the noise. ship also looked like a frog. It did. Like I thought at first, I thought it was going to be a gigantic, oh, a giant like, animal. It, yeah, a I thought it was giant a giant animal. animal, like because it's it's green, and then like the little, little lights I thought were like eyes, and I was like, is this going to be like a huge monster? And then it was a spaceship. I mean, either <laughs> one, I would have been on board, too. right? That would have been good too. So yeah, weird movie. So cool movie. okay, I can ask Dylan now all the questions. So okay, the two the two Ernons. There's yeah. There's two Ernons, but it's the same guy. He's traveling through time. Sure. She's traveling through time. Yeah, could, could have been, and that's why, been. like, he 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 dies, but he disappe- doesn't die. He disappeared. Like the young Ernan was like plucked out of time and, no, and became this different guy. Maybe right. No one knew who he was. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Why not? Could have been. Yeah. <laughs> I do think like it's just very funny that like this is so much less confusing than Boon Me. Like, and that's Boon what's so, so weird. funny is that like I've never like. I always people talk about Uncle Boon Me like it's you know like it's kind of a weird fantasy movie, but not that it's that incomprehensible. I had no idea. Like, I it's incomprehensible. That's so funny, and I, but I feel like it's just because it's so well regarded and it's been around for so long mm-hmm. that I was just like, oh, it's just some like you know indie fantasy movie, whatever. Boon Me is very like <laughs> vignette-y, though. Like it's it's a bunch yeah. of small stories kind of strung together, which I feel like makes each section itself sort of incomprehensible but the over the overall like arc of the story you can sort of wrap sure. your head around i mean not in a like a discreet like <laughs> this represents this way but it's about sense. moving I still through think... time and reincarnations and that sort of thing one of the weirdest things about boon me is it just sort of like ends in a motel eight or something yeah that's like a people that's watching a weird, you... that's a weird sequence it's... which i don't i don't think i uh, even come close to understanding <laughs> No, it, it it's so weird because it's just kind of dully normal compared to everything else. I don't know. Interesting. It's a weird movie. Good stuff. Um. Yeah. No. Love Memoria. Not as good as Drive My Car, though. No. Drive My Car. Good movie. Yeah, I can't wait for you. Hopefully, you can see it soon, Nick. Get yeah, that child I'm, care I'm, taken care of. Yeah, I'm aiming for this Saturday at one o'clock. That's my sweet. Please, please, please. That's my goal. Sounds good. See it. All right. Well, it's almost four o'clock your time, so. Yeah. Oh, did you see that, uh, speaking of the best movies of the year, that they are going to be releasing West Side Story in 4K? No, I did not see that. Yep. Sweet. Where? Just like the. When will it be rentable? The disc. When will Souvenir Part 2 be rentable? I do not understand what's happening with Souvenir Part 2. Like, that's. Like, West Side Story is just a freaking, like, disney fox movie right it'll get some nice yeah. 4k blu-ray i yeah, do not like, know what i think everyone with. knew like of course that was going to get a an actual release but people seem to be like not entirely positive it would be a 4k release and i assumed it would have to be yeah. just because of how it 
and looks, but West it's nice Side to know Story's for sure. Only been in theaters for a month. Like it's still playing in all the theaters around me. The 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 souvenir thing. Like although I've also realized I have no idea what time is anymore. Because mm. if you asked me when I saw House of Gucci, I would have said over the summer last year. It's it came still out. At, it came out at Thanksgiving. It's still in theaters. Yeah. Like I don't. I literally because I was looking at the thing that's like well how, talking about how it was pretty successful and it's like well House of Gucci really benefited from its Thanksgiving weekend release and I was like it's what. It's what? I swear to God, I saw that in August, and I didn't. I saw it apparently in December after Thanksgiving. So I just, I don't know. Time is not, doesn't have a lot of meaning right now, again. So, yeah, but Souvenir Part 2 is uh, the most infuriating movie that nobody can watch, and I have no idea why that's happening. So, Do you feel plucked from time, Joe? I feel very plucked from time. I do. So... All right. Watch some more Joe movies. I know. Um, I've still been recording. I should stop doing that. And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people.